listen, we're getting ready to get into the teaching. And I really want you to grab your notebooks. I want you to tag some people. I want you to share this. I want you to understand the position that we are in right now. Um, one of my favorite scriptures for many years, people say, how many favorite scriptures you got? A lot. Depends I love on the, the Bible. Season. I love, <laughs> right, I, love right. I got a lot of favorite I got, scriptures. Depends on the season what my favorite one is. Yes, but one of my favorite scriptures is Isaiah 60. And it says, arise and shine for your light has come and yes. the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. If you continue to read in Isaiah 60, what you find is this. That the Bible tells us that the world is going to get darker. Mm. But the Bible also tells us that those of us who know their God, that light will be on us. Now, those of you who are at the fire experience, you know what that looks like. What would happen is that we would have a service, somebody would get blessed, mm. and then you would go out into the community mm -hmm. and people would be paying for other people's food. Mm -hmm. And then people would be giving the tippers, I mean, the servers big tips. The servers would start crying and ask what happened and you would get to minister that Jesus loves them. Mm -hmm. That is just a small example yeah. of being light in a dark world. Yes. Now, in order to be light in a dark world, you must be focused on something other than the world. Amen. If you're going to be light in a dark world, you must be focused on something other than a dark world. What are we focused on? Jesus Amen. and the promises that he has made to us. Mm -hmm. What's available to us through the Holy Spirit. We get our mind. It's not that here, guys, when we're talking about victory, we are not saying to ignore that there is an economy issue. We are not saying to ignore that the flu and RSV is up. We are saying to press into something bigger so that you can reset and pull heaven into the earth realm and be light when people are, fo are focused in darkness. Now, I want to say this. You're going to hear us probably say this a lot the first quarter. Years ago, this sweet little preaching firecracker, Sister Sandy Burris, used to come and preach for us. And Sister Sandy Burris would say, we are coming into a time that there is going to be a distinction made between us and them. Guys, we have hit that time. If you are not living like anything, it is going to show up because even though you pro profess the Lord Jesus Christ, you go live as raggedy as the people who don't know him. Mm. But those of you who will press in and say, I choose obedience, I choose to be faithful, I choose to honor God, you are going to see God make you light on your job, in your neighborhood, in the grocery store, in the restaurant. You are going to see God make you a billboard of God's goodness Amen. in every area. Amen. So you need to make a decision right now on in December. That in 2023, you don't have no games to play with disobedience. You don't have no games to play with rebellion. You don't have no games to play with stubbornness and slothfulness. You don't have no games to play with lukewarmness. Right. But you are all in because those of you who are all in, I am not telling you that you will not face challenges. I am telling you, you will come out with victory. Amen. You Amen. will come out with Amen. victory. Challenges are a normal part of the process. The Bible says that you and I have an adversary. The Bible says for us to not be ignorant of the adversary's devices. 
That means his job is to try to derail us. Our job is to stay on track. How do we stay on track? With the word of God. We choose obedience when choosing disobedience will be easier. Come on. That is how you stay on track. And then what happens is you don't have to deny that there's a slip in the economy. You don't have to deny that there's an uptick in the flu. What you do is you begin to live above that. And as you begin to live above it, people begin to ask you, how are you living so differently? And then it gives you the opportunity to share everything you know about your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to give you this word as an anchor as we keep talking about victory. Um, I love when Pastor Edwin and I are studying things and those things tie together. They're not exactly the same thing, but they tie together. You begin to talk about how God was talking about understanding his blueprint for victory. Mm -hmm. But I want you to know this. I want this to be a word that anchors you. The word that should anchor you is that the righteous shall flourish. Mm -hmm. We will flourish in 2023 Amen. and beyond. Amen. We will flourish. That means we will expand. That means that we will succeed um, incredibly. This means that we will enlarge. We will flourish. Fellowship of Champions will flourish. We will flourish in our marriages. We will flourish in our, flourish in our mind. We will flourish in our health. And you know what flourishing is just another Lord word for? Victory. Mm -hmm. Flourishing is just another word for victory. The righteous shall Flourish. In fact, the word of God says that we'll be like trees planted by the rivers of living water. It says that we literally, our, our leaves will not wither. We will, they will be green even in times of great drought. And to me, that just makes the, that reminds me about staying attached, being partnered with God. You know, part of what we're going to talk about today is, is God's blueprint, right? And I love this word, God's blueprint for victory. So God has a plan for us to live out victory. And, and we're going to talk about what God's plan is because we understand, and I don't want to get into this until after we pray, but we understand that, um, that, that a blueprint is really just a model. And, 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 it, and if you don't build according to the blueprint, you don't get manifested what, what, what it looked like on the blueprint. So God has his blueprint for us, and all he's needing us to do is to follow the well-laid plan he already has for us. And when we do, our lives will look like heaven on earth. Absolutely. And that's what that and that's that is that's, what that is what we, we want to talk to be about today. Stared up in yes. this, but we don't just want you, and I'm about to pray, but this is so important. Me and Pastor Edwin have been talking about this. He made a post the other day. He said, You can't just fall apart over anything. You can't. Guys. Some of you got to grow up and you got to anchor yourself and stop falling apart over everything. Everything cannot make everything you question cannot, your faith. Cannot make you question your faith. Cannot make you question God. Cannot. cannot make you wonder if God loves you. Cannot start making you think your marriage ain't going to work. You have got to grow up and understand that the job of the enemy is to distract you. The job of the enemy is to get you to look at something. Why? The enemy, God has given us a blueprint. Yes. And the enemy wants you to find a reason to modify the blueprint so he can keep you from prospering. Yes. 
So you got to grow up and you got to understand that in real life, there will be some days that your money will be increasing, but your kid may be acting a fool. Mm -hmm. You need to understand that there may be some days that your marriage is better than it's ever been before and your boss is talking crazy. You have to stop being so moved by what you see. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that we walk by faith. faith. We walk by what God said. This is what you need to decide. Jesus tells his disciples they're getting in a boat. Yep. He says, we're going to the other side. Mm -hmm. I need all 65 of y'all to say we're going to the other side. We're going we to the other side. We are going to the other side. We are going to the other side. So if you know you're going to the other side, stop being so moved by storms. Yes. Stop being so moved by storms. If Jesus has said we're going to the other side, the storm is irrelevant. The storm is irrelevant. The storm is irrelevant. I don't have to fall apart over the storm. The storm is irrelevant. What did God say? Because we always say that faith begins where what? The, the will, will of God, God is known. known. God told, Jesus told him his will. What was his will? Go We're to going a to the side. side. So whatever God has said to you, let his word become your peace. Let it become your anchor and stop falling apart over everything that happens in your life. You are going to have challenges. Being a born again believer does not exempt you of life challenges. And you've got to get that in your mind and get that in your soul so that you understand that when something happens that you wasn't counting on, God hadn't abandoned you. God hadn't left you. God hadn't turned his back on you. It just simply means that there is a process that you need to continue in to see the end of it. Listen, in case y'all don't know, this is how me and Pastor Edwin talk to each other. <laughs> and I want to say this to you guys, and I need you to really hear me, especially those of you who are in your 40s and your 50s. The older we get, the more people that we're going to see die. Mm-hmm. The older you get, the more people, it is the cycle of life. It is the cycle of life. Pa parents should not be burying their children. It should be the other way around. So if you in your 40s and 50s, your 50s and 60s, then your parents are probably in their 70s and 80s. We pray that they have another 20, 30 years. But if they don't, it is not an opportunity for you to fall apart. You have got to stop. The, the Bible says we don't grieve as those who have no, no hope. How do y'all grieve? over somebody who went to heaven over the same way that you grieve over somebody who didn't know Jesus. If you believe they went to heaven. You got, listen, and I'm, this is so important because I am not trying to be insensitive. No. I am not trying no. to be insensitive. But the older we get, the older we get, yes. I am now 50. You are 50. We have now seen classmates pass. Absolutely. When you in your 20s and 30s, you don't hardly see classmates pass unless they, it's drunk driving or something like that. Right. Now you are seeing, the older you get, you are seeing aunts and uncles transition. You are seeing former pastors transition. You have got to make a decision that you are not going to allow the passing Amen. of people you love to make you question God. Here is the reality. I know don't nobody like to hear this. The Bible says this. If you live, you go die yes. unless Jesus come back. Yes. If you live, you're going to die. The truth of it is, Pastor Edwin and I go go home to be yes, with Jesus one absolutely. day. You got to make a decision that when we go home to be with Jesus, you go keep doing the work that we're absolutely. here to do. You cannot fall apart because of death. Glory to God. The Bible says, death, oh death, where is your sting? It has been swallowed up in 
victory. There is nothing in the blueprint about falling apart. There is nothing in the blueprint, <laughs> nothing about, in the falling blueprint about falling apart. It's not, nothing in the blueprint about falling apart. All right? No, I love what Everett said. Isn't the prize heaven? It is. It, 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 if the prize is heaven, why do we keep falling apart over somebody leaving earth? Mm -hmm. We got to grow up. We do. Because if you don't grow up, when people transition, if you haven't secured this, if you haven't solidified yourself in this, then the enemy will use this to distract and you. And so what happens is you end up, you keep existing, but you stop living. Oh, you keep existing for the next 10 years. You keep existing for the next 15 years. You keep existing for the next 30 years, but you stop living at that point. And if the enemy can get you to stop living, he doesn't care about you existing. Because when you're not living, then you're not on kingdom purpose. And when you're not on kingdom purpose, then he is now not only delaying the things that God wants to do in your life, in you, through you, and for you, but it's the same effect in other people's lives. Come on, listen. And those of you, listen, we're going to pray, but I feel like we should do this. If you have been a person who has not been living, you have just been existing. Come on. You have been questioning whether Don't God loves living. you. You have been questioning. You have been, I need you right now to come out of agreement with just existing, yes. with just surviving, and come back to this abundant life. In fact, I even feel like this right now. There are some of you that have walked in rebellion toward mm. God because you feel like God took somebody yes. from you. God is not a taker, but let's be clear. And I want you to hear this, and you may not like it, but I'm going to tell you this. Everybody belonged to God first. Yes. Even if he did call them home. Yep. Even if he did call them home, yep. they belong to him first. Yep. I belong to God first. Everyone belongs to God first. So you got to break up with this. So if you have been a person and this is really resonating with you, I need you to publicly say, I come out of agreement with this lie. Mm -hmm. I come out of agreement with this lie that God has abandoned me, that God took somebody that I love, that God wanted to hurt me. I'm done being mad at God. I am ready to come into life. And I know that this wasn't part of our notes and our message, but I really sense that there are, from, from the Holy Spirit, there are people who are listening on this broadcast today, and I don't mean the replay, I mean they're on here right now, and if they're honest in their heart, they have been upset with God. They've been upset with God because they lost someone. They've been upset with God because something didn't work out they thought it should be. They've been upset with God because they feel like they've been following what God has told them to do and things haven't turned around. If that is you, I am telling you, you don't even have to put it on the screen unless you want to. But you should just say, Lord, I repent. Lord, I, I repent. repent for being angry at you. God is big enough to handle that. He God, God doesn't get in his feelings when we, when we mad at God, but it does hinder us. And some of you ought to just release God in your life today and say, God, I repent for being angry at you. Your anger was misplaced. It was misunderstood. Your grief was misplaced. It was misunderstood. God loves you. God wants what's best for you. And if you've been upset, and you may have been upset with God about something that happened in the past, even though now you've gotten over it. If something came to your mind when I said that, you ought to just say, Lord, I repent. I ain't mad at you. God, I repent. I, I don't have any angst against you. God, I repent. I'm not angry or upset with you at all. I denounce and renounce all of those feelings. Because the strategy of the enemy, guys, and I want you to hear this. The Bible says don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. Mm -hmm. if, the, if the enemy can get you to be angry yes. at God over something you don't understand 
or you don't like the outcome, then the enemy can get you to practice disobedience. And if the enemy can get you to practice disobedience, he can steal, kill, and destroy you. He gives you a different blueprint. He gives you a different blueprint. And I remember this, and I just want to share this. My grandmother died when I was, what, 26, 27 years old. And I remember my grandmother saying to my family, And I don't know if anybody else in my family remembers this, but she had us all around the bed. And my grandmother said, I am going to heaven and I expect to see you there. Mm. She said, now I need you to go and do what God has called you to do. And I'll see you when you get here. And I have watched that not everybody in my family has embraced that. But I literally, I really believe if I'm telling the truth that that desire to see my grandmother again Mm. really probably became a catalyst Mm. for me to say I'm all in with God Mm -hmm. because what I'm going to do if my grandmother ran her race and she's with the Lord, Mm -hmm. I'm going to run my race and I'm going to be with the Lord too. Literally some of you are mad at God when the people in your family are no longer in pain. Mm. They are no longer hurting. Mm. They are no longer bound to a bed. They are no longer being tormented. And you're mad at God. And they're saying, the Bible says we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. And they're standing and they're cheering you on. on. And they say, come on, Destiny, run the race. Come on, Amy, run the race. Come on, Courtney, run the race. And you're sitting here saying, I'm not going to run because I'm mad at God. God. Man, come out of that darkness and come into truth. Come and in, come into come truth. Into truth. Now, listen, go ahead and type that. Say, I'm coming into truth. I'm coming into I'm truth. I'm coming into truth. Now, how many of you know this is a word of victory right mm-hmm. here? Absolutely. This is a word of victory right here. And one of the things I love about you, babe, I love that you have given this, that you have allowed this to be a place that even if we have something on the notes, but the Holy Spirit is moving in another way, that that's the way that we go. Because if you don't get that, see, we can teach you this blueprint, but if you still offended with God, if you still mad with God, if you still don't feel like you can trust God, if you still low-key rebellious and low-key obstinate, then we'll be talking about flourishing, and then you'll be like, why am I not flourishing? Because you have an unresolved issue that you have not acknowledged that you need to repent for how you have dealt with God. And I don't mean to be rude, but I have to say it like this. The same way you being mad at your parents when you were a kid don't stop your parent from being a parent, you being mad at God never stops God from being God. But if you got a bad attitude, I mean, because the Bible tells us we can look at natural things and we can see spiritual things in them. So if I am a child and I got a, and I'm mad at my parents and I got a bad attitude with my parents, the whole time I got a bad attitude, my parents aren't looking to bless me. My parents aren't looking to do something extra for me. My parents aren't looking to do anything but the basics for me while I got that bad attitude because I called myself mad at them for a decision that they made that was best for me. So that's what it looks like when we are children of God and we are mad at God for something that happened that we don't understand when he really probably either allow or cause a situation because it was best for us. And so we keep a bad attitude expecting him to bless us. God is not interested in that. What he is interested in is us coming to him so that we can become all that we have been called to be. And if you got to be broken down in order for that to happen, that's okay. But you don't have to be broken down in order for that to happen. The Bible says that we can have a heart that is pliable toward God. 
And when we have a heart that's plowed towards God, it. then God will take, a, even when we, because there are things that happen, I say, God, I don't understand that. But you know what? I know I love you. I know you're perfect. And I know you love I, me. And I know you love me. And you and, and, and as we saw last night on that one movie we were watching, you love me like crazy. And ain't nothing I can do about it. I know you love me so much that, that, that even if I don't understand, I ain't going to turn my back on you. I'm going to keep your blueprint. I'm not picking up a different one. Can y'all see this, though? Can you Can you really see this? How the enemy wants to use a death, a loss, a divorce. He wants to use yeah, that. Uh, so, yes, Hear this. Yes. It's the same thing from Genesis. Yes. He wants you to think God withheld something. I was thinking about mm. Job as you were talking. Mm. But he wants you to think that God is withholding mm -hmm. something good from you. Mm -hmm. So that you will, you, you'll keep God for fire insurance. Mm. You'll keep him for mm. fire insurance. Mm. You don't want to go to hell, mm. but you don't realize that that distrust is causing you to experience hell in some yes. way. Listen, one of the things that I love in Isaiah, G, God says to him, he says, come, let us reason together. But I want you to understand this and I want you to hear this. There are many things that until you grow up, even if God explained it, you wouldn't understand it. You wouldn't it. understand it. You would not you understand, understand it. You would not under, even if he, how many of you, my grandmother used to say to me all the time, she used to say, Sean, I have been 16, mm, but you, but have, you have, never, never been 52. have never been 52. Now, I still ain't been 52 not yet. yet. I still ain't not been 52. Yet. She said, Sean, I have been 16. You have not been 52. Many of you think you have a, a, the capacity to understand some things that even if he explained it. Now, how many of us have been living long enough to know there are some things adults told us that did not make sense then? But as the old folks say, keep on living. And because you keep on living, now it makes sense. There's some stuff right now. I'm just realizing at 50, I'm realizing, okay, that's why they that's did, why they what, did, what, did they what they did. That's why. Now, now think about this. If, if if you can't understand what your mama did, who was 25 years older than you, mm. how do you think you have the ability to understand what L every L move <laughs> that an eternal God made? The God of gods. L how do you think that you, well, that ain't the way I would have done it. And one of the lessons I think we can learn from Job. Even though Job had no revelation of the devil, mm -mm. and Job really did think everything that was happening to him came from God. And that's important because they did not have a revelation of Satan in the Old Testament. They did not. They attributed everything that happened to God. They everything, did. good or bad. So literally, Job thinks God took everything his from him. His kids, his property, his, 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 his livestock, homes, his everything. money, and made him sick. And when his wife said to him, you should just curse God and die, he said, woman, if you don't get your ignorant self mm, on out of here. You and them crazy friends If you don't get your ignorant self on out of here. See, you got to be careful about people who mm, whisper to you mm, that it's okay for you mm, to walk mm, in rebellion and mm, curse God. How do you curse God? Mm, you curse God when you operate in rebellion. Come on, preacher. You curse God when you come operate on, in disobedience. Come you on. curse God when you intentionally go against what God has said because what's somebody whispers to you is that Ralph since God did this to you you can do it like you want to do mm -hmm. it but it's a setup by the enemy come out of that darkness tell your neighbor say come out of that darkness come out of that darkness come out of that darkness, mm -hmm. out of that darkness. and the one thing you can learn from Job 
is that baby, if you will stick with God, even when you don't understand, mm -hmm. if you will stick with God, when all of your friends are telling you it don't make sense for you to keep going up to that church, it don't make sense for you to keep tithing, it don't make sense for you to keep making Come confessions. On. If you will Come stick with on. God, even when you don't understand, that God will bring you out and you will have twice as much. Twice as much. You will have twice as much. Mm. That's called flourishing He'll right there. He'll give you double for your trouble. He'll give you double for your trouble. Mm -hmm. He'll give you double for your trouble. And so I really, 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 I know y'all like But you got to tank. I like what Raph said. You got to do, you got to, Job did, Job did a couple things. Actually, he did all four he of them. He did really. all of them. He did all four of them, really. If you think about what Job did, first, uh, first of all, he had to tame his thoughts. Come he on. had to tame his thoughts and say, wait a minute, I've been, I, I, I'm considered perfect and upright. I, I, I'm considered, there, there's nobody like me in all of this country. Nobody has served God the way I serve God. He had to tame his thoughts to say, you know what? Even though I have done all this, I ain't going to curse God. I ain't going to turn my back on God. He had to tame his thoughts so then he could tame his tongue. Because whatever he said out of his mouth is what he was going to end up living off of. And then he had to tame the people around Preach. him. He had to tame his team. He had to tell his friends. He had to tell his wife, if you don't get your ignorant self on away from, from me. me, I am not about to curse God. God's been too good to me. Even with the boils, even with losing my kids, even with losing the livestock in my homes, God has still been too good to me and before know, me to open my mouth and say now, something negative Before you do him. the last one, but you know this, and here's what's crazy. Joe wasn't even born again. No, he wasn't born again. Joe wasn't even born again. He didn't have the spirit of God no, in him. No. But he was so aware of God's goodness that even though he walked through hell, he would not curse God. He, he was so aware of God's goodness that it circumvented any badness in his life. <laughs> he was so aware of how good God was, it circumvented any negativity that he may have been encountering in his own life because he kept his eyes on how good God was. And that's a process of taming your heart. He tamed his temperament. That when you keep your heart toward God, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. It doesn't matter what's happening uh, in the economy. It doesn't matter what's happening on your job, with your kids, in your marriage. It can all be falling apart and you can still be saying, but God, you're good. But God, you're good. But God, you're good. But God, you're, but good. God, you're good. I need some people to say, but God, you're good. <laughs> we need some God, you're good but people God, listen, on the broadcast and I know this that, morning. I know that a lot of people say that a lot of people think I'm crazy when I say this. But I think you have to have an anchor in your life. Mm. You got to have an anchor in your life. Here is my anchor. I have said, I believe for the goodness of God. I believe for days of heaven on earth. But this is what I have said to the Lord. If you leave, if you leave, mm -hmm. if my kids leave, mm -hmm. if everybody die prematurely, if everybody turn and walk away from God, if all the people who love me now talk about me, if I don't care. I'm sticking with God. I'm sticking with God. God is good even when i don't understand yep. even when it doesn't yep. make sense even when it doesn't look like what it should look like but god you are good mm -hmm. and let me tell you what i know mm -hmm. from experience if you will anchor your life we talk about this all the time mm -hmm. i love you with all my heart mm -hmm. i love my kids with all my mm -hmm. heart but I love God with everything I am. Man, listen, I, ain't I love God down to my listen, cellular listen, level. I'm telling you. To my cellular level, my spirit loving, my soul loving. That I, I was laughing at you at the event. Chris began to sing, he's a wonder in my soul. Mm -hmm. And you forgot you was working mm -hmm. Sam to come to the front. Because Baby, at listen. the end of the day, at the end, and, and this is really why y'all get separated right here.
you have never decided that you love him most. I love him most. I love him most. Mm. I love you, but I love him I, most. I love him most. I love him most. The truth of the matter is, there is not even, and I love you, it's not even a comparison. It ain't even a comparison. It ain't even close. It ain't even a comparison. It ain't even close. And listen, some of y'all feeling some kind of way it in yourself right here. It ain't even, <laughs> it ain't hear, even me. Close. hear me, hear me, it hear me, hear me. It, 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 it ain't even close. And I ain't offended. It ain't even close. <laughs> it ain't even close. It ain't even close. It's no way I could love you more than the creator who gave you to if, me. If you did, you don't really love the creator because you don't know him. There's no way you can love. You don't really know. If, Boy, if, if you don't preach. If it's even close, you don't know. It him. ain't even close. <laughs> it ain't even close. It ain't even close. Jesus. It ain't even close. <laughs> so I say things like this to myself. This is how I train myself. When you hear about tragedy and you hear about somebody losing their kids or losing their husband, I set myself in agreement yep. to say, even if that happened to me, I love it yep. most. I set my, I set my I face live, like flint. I, 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 I love it move. most. I don't move. I love it most. I don't move. I love it most. When I don't understand, when things don't go my way, I love him most. Many of you, have, if you want to have victory, this blueprint of victory, he must be first. You have to predetermine no matter what, you ain't leaving God. Now listen, this is what Jesus said. You got to predetermine no, You got to predetermine. And, and y'all don't like this because y'all be like Old Testament. But this is what Jesus said. Jesus says, find me this scripture, Marlo Valley. Somebody, he said, he says, no man that loves their mama, their daddy, their children, their houses, or their land more than him is even worthy of the kingdom. Mm. That's what Jesus said. Yeah. Jesus said, if you don't love, let, let, and I, listen, because we already out here in deep water. If you love a man so much or a woman so much that you will disobey God, he said, you ain't even worthy for the kingdom. You ain't, and you're not worthy for the person you think you want to be with. You're not even fit. You're not, you're not Take fit. Take off running. You're Somebody not run. fit for Take the kingdom. Running. You ain't Take fit. <laughs> it says, whoever, Mark Matthew 10, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever go. loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. But the problem for a lot of y'all is you think you're the exception. Mm. You think your kids are the exception. Mm. You think your mama is the exception. You think your husband is the exception. But he says that anybody who loves their mama, their daddy, their son or their daughter Include husband, include cat, dog, rat, whatever job, you got. Whatever, job. Money, whatever you want to do. You name. love it more than him. He said you ain't even worthy of him. You ain't worthy of him, and you ain't even worthy of the thing you own. You're not fit. One translation, I don't know which one it is. It says you're not fit, and I like that word because to be fit for something means to be uh, prepared or able to handle it. He says you ain't even fit for the kingdom. You ain't even ready to live in the kingdom. In other words, you're not ready to be a citizen. You're not ready to be a citizen. <laughs> Listen, and, and even Jesus had to walk through this. Absolutely. Jesus in a house, they done tore the roof off mm -hmm. to heal these, to get their friend healed. All these people have come. And Jesus' mama come. And baby, Jesus loved him some Mary. Yeah. He loved Mary. And you know that Jesus loved Mary. You know that he loved her because when he's on the cross, he stops dying yes. to say to John, yes. this is your mother. Take yes. care of Take her. Care this of is her. your son. Mm -hmm. so, so Jesus, when he's doing what he's doing, it's not because he doesn't love right. Mary. Right. Mary says, we want you to come back home. They come back. They say, Jesus, your mother and your brother's out there. He says, who is my mother and my brothers <laughs> yep. and my sisters except he? 
that does the work mm -hmm. of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. I am telling you that if you would make this switch, yeah. the way the enemy torments you would end. It would end. It would end. It would end. If you love him most, if you solidify that for you, there is nothing that goes on in your life that will take you out of that station in your life that says God loves me and I, and I love him most. And here's the thing. You love him most, but he loves you more than you love him. Even when you love him most. Yes. I, I, a lot of times I say to God when I'm praying, when I say, I say, I, I love you, but I don't love you enough. Mm. I love you, but I don't, I don't love you enough. I want to love you more. I, I want to love you more. I want, I, here's how I want to love you. I want to love you that if it's a no to everything I think I want, mm -hmm. I still, my heart is still turned towards mm -hmm. you. My heart is turned towards mm -hmm. you. And let me tell you something. The people who are going to prosper in this season, it is not going to be just because you know mm, principles. Yeah. It's, it's not going to just right. be because you know right, principles. Right, 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 it is right, going right, to right, be because right. you position yourself mm -hmm. to love him most. Mm -hmm. I love him. I, I, I love him. So I, I just want you to just, even if you don't believe it, I want you to begin by faith to just begin to put in the comments, lift your hands up and begin to say, but I love you most. I love you, I love you more. I love you more than run my reputation. I love you more than my dreams. I love you more than my desires. I love you more than my need to clap back. I love you more than my desire to be famous, to be known, to be successful, to be the CEO. I love you most. I love you most. I love you most. Mm -hmm. And I love you so much that even when I don't understand what I'll come into agreement is with mm, Romans 8, mm, that all mm. things are working together for the good of them that love the Lord are and are called, called according, according to, his to his purpose. According to his purpose. Because it's a twofold thing. Everybody's called to his purpose. Yes. But he says all things are working together for the good of them that do what? Love him and are called according to his and purpose. And when it's working for the good, doesn't mean it always looks like it is. It but it's working. It's always working. It's always working for my good. And we used to say that a lot here at Fellowship of Champions. It's always working it's for always my good. It's always working for it's my always. good. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what I see. I'm telling you right now, while we're sitting here on this broadcast at 10.17 a.m. Central Standard Time on December the 18th, it's working for my good. It's working for it's my good. It's working for my good. It's working. And, and, I, and when I love you so much, when I look, we always talk about this. You'll hear people that'll say, I'll do anything for mm, my kids. Mm -hmm. Pull up Matthew 22 for me. Matthew 22, 36 through 40. And listen, you, you'll say, I'll do anything for my kids. I'll, even when we talk and one of the things we say, um, I say to you a lot. I say, I'll do anything for you, except jail and hell. Mm -hmm. I'll do anything for you, except jail and hell. I'm not going to jail and I'm not going to hell full with you. I'm mm -hmm. just not, mm -hmm. right? A lot of people, you say, I'll do anything for my kids. I'll do anything for my husband. I'll do anything for my mama. But I'm looking for the people that say, I'll do anything for Jesus. Mm. Where are the people that say, I'll do anything for Jesus? I'll go if I have to go by myself. I'll give even after they talked about me. I'll bless them even though I know they betrayed me. Mm -hmm. I, I, I will do anything for you, Jesus. I'm looking for 77 people that say, I will do anything, anything. for Jesus. Mm -hmm. If my wife don't understand, if my husband don't understand, if my kids don't understand, if they think I'm a holy roller. I spent a lot of years in my life with people thinking I was too extreme and it didn't take all mm -hmm. of that. But I'll do anything for him. Mm. 
Now let's look at Matthew 22, 36 through 40. They come to Jesus and they say, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Now we know what the soul is. What is it? Mind, will, emotions, intellect, and imagination. So I'm going to bring my total soul into loving God with all of myself. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Mm -hmm. So loving your spouse isn't the first and greatest no, commandment. it's not. Loving your church isn't the first and greatest commandment. Loving your children. Loving your children isn't the first it and isn't. greatest commandment. It isn't. And the second one is like unto it, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm -hmm. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Mm -hmm. You used to teach us years ago that if you describe, say it, because I don't well, want to well, mess it no, up. I'm, basically, when, when, he, when he says it, he says, hey, look, what I'm telling you looks like a curtain rod, right? Everybody knows that a curtain rod has to be anchored on both ends. If any one of those ends comes off, the curtains themselves, everything that's hung on it is going to slide right off. He said, so here is one anchor. You got to love God with everything you got, your heart, your mind, your soul. He said, and the second one is equal to it. It looks just like the one on the left. If you put a, 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 a holder on the left to hold the rod, he said, the one on the right looks just like it. It is to love your neighbor as yourself. He said, everything written from Genesis to Revelation is hanging on these two things. Come on. And at any moment that you let either one of these anchors slip, Everything else is going to slide off that rod. He said, that's how important understanding this scripture is. And this is how important it is to live this out. You, Before you talk about loving your spouse, before you talk about loving your kids, before you talk about loving your church, do you love God the most? The most. And then do you love your neighbor in the same measure that you love yourself? He said, if so, now you can work through Genesis. You can work through, through Romans. You can work all the way to Revelation and everything in between. Everything, all the law and the prophets hang on these two things. In fact, the, 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 um, the Ten Commandments and all of the other commandments can be summed up in these two in commandments. These two. He said the these are the greatest two. I won't, I won't commit sexual sin yes. if I love God, I love myself, and I love my neighbor. Yes. I won't lie. I won't be jealous. I won't have another God yep. if I love my neighbor, if I, if I love God with everything in me. So here is the question, because y'all know a big part of this ministry is anchored on Romans 12 and 2. Mm -hmm. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So here is the question you need to ask the Holy Ghost right now. He says, to love the Lord your God with all of your what? All of your heart. Mm -hmm all of your soul, and all of your mind. Here is the question you need to ask the Holy Spirit. What part of me doesn't love you? Yeah. And, and, and be ready when he tells you. Because he's, he's obligated to tell, tell you, you the when truth. you ask. What part of me doesn't love you? Yeah. He may, for some of you, he may say your money don't love me. For some of you, he, he, he may say your obedience doesn't love me. But, but ask him, what part of me? What part of me have I not surrendered to love you. For some of you, it's your, you, it's your control. that your, your, your sense of having to be in control doesn't love him because you won't relinquish it when he tells you to let him have control. And and all those things that Bay just said, if you look at the soul, can be lined up to will. Yes. My will doesn't mm -hmm. love him. My will. 
I won't bow my will mm. to him. My imagination, W, I won't dream about what it would be like to not have to struggle from week to week. I won't even allow myself to dream about it because I feel like this is my lot in life. Your imagination doesn't love it. And so we invite Holy Spirit. What part of me doesn't love you? Mm -hmm. What part of me am I withholding from you? Why? Because this teaching that we're about to teach you, this teaching that we're going to get into next week, this teaching about the blueprint of God's victory. Or well, it may be, it may actually be, be January. Next week, we really are going to do abbreviate. Well, listen, this part of me, if any, any part of me, that doesn't love him most mm. is an open door for the enemy mm. because he will use the enemy will use my need to be in control to mm. justify my disobedience. Mm -hmm. He will use my need to be popular to mm -hmm. justify my disobedience. Mm -hmm. He will use my need to be selfish to justify my disobedience. So what part of me doesn't love you? Mm -hmm. Whatever part of me doesn't love you, that's the part of myself I'm crucifying. Yes. That's the part of myself that I'm laying on the altar. So many of you said to me that that song that we sang, I'm the sacrifice, set me on fire. This is what we mean by that. God, I have a control issue. I'm the sacrifice, mm -hmm. set me on fire. God, I have a, a selfishness issue. God, I'm the sacrifice, set me on fire. God, I have a sexual immorality issue. I struggle with pornography. I struggle with being attracted to people that aren't my spouse. God, I, I'm the sacrifice, set me on fire. God, I love money so much that I can't imagine not doing what, I can't imagine not going hard for money. I'm the sacrifice, set me on fire. Mm -hmm. I present myself mm -hmm. as a living sacrifice, mm -hmm. holy and mm -hmm. acceptable unto you mm -hmm. because it's my reasonable service. reasonable service. When I get mad, I strike out, Meaning set it's, it on it's, fire. It's the least it's I can do. It's the least I can do. My reasonable service. The least I can do. It's the least I can do. Well, we ain't pray yet, but we done preached out. Amen. Well, you know, Amen. we we I pray for I came. I, I, I say every I pray for I can't. We ain't pray yet. I mean, you know, we ain't pray, but we pray. <laughs> we didn't pray, but we pray. Because when you begin to say, Holy Spirit, what part of me mm -hmm. doesn't love you? That's mm -hmm. prayer. That is a prayer. That's prayer. It is. Holy Spirit, show me who I've exalted mm -hmm. above you. Come on, ask that question. Mm -hmm. Show me who and what I've exalted above mm -hmm. you. Holy Spirit, show me who or what has first place. Because for some of you, it ain't that your kids got first place. It ain't that your spouse got first place. You got first place. Mm. You sit in that seat. Mm. You want to have a blueprint for God's victory? You got to put Jesus on the throne. Mm -hmm. He's got to be first place. Mm -hmm. And every time you find anything else getting on that throne, you got to throw it down. You got to dethrone it. You got to dethrone that. You got to dethrone that. Amen. Amen. Where you want to go now? Well, you know, let's let's, let's we, we talk. We, we're do? talking. About, I mean, we we are right, really, where we wanted to go. Uh, about you know, an hour into <laughs> it. <laughs> that is that hour intro. You know, <laughs> put us about where we wanted to be. But the we truth, just talk about these four things, right? I, I'm just gonna tell them. I'm just okay, gonna tell, tell them real quick. We want to actually go through it. But I do want to define for us what, about a blueprint because I think this definition is important. So let's look at. Let's just look at the word blueprint and what it means when we talk about a blueprint we know that uh it's an architectural tool right architects designers engineers <laughs> they use blueprints and in the simplest term it really is just a blue piece of paper that has designs in white on them 
And those designs tell you everything about what that project is supposed to be, what it's supposed to look like when it's in 3D <laughs> form, right? And so for us, our working definition of a blueprint is simply this. It is a design plan. God has a plan for us. It's a design plan that serves as a visual model, right? While providing technical guidance that when followed will yield a manifested result of what was previously uh, should be only in the imagination state, right? So what happens is, is that we get, God gives us his blueprint. He shows us how to live. And when we walk it out, it leaves the pages of the Bible, right? It leaves the pages of just what the word says. It becomes something visual for us. It's why the soul realm, the imagination part of the soul realm is so important, which I thought it was great that you said, God, show me what part of you doesn't love you, right? Because in our soul is where that blueprint is housed. Oh, that's good. And, and when we house this blueprint that God gives to us, we can then live out what it is that God has called us to do. And when we do it, it becomes our technical guide because God, because it, it doesn't matter what's going on around us. For instance, let's say, let's say that we are building a house, right? Well, we don't change the blueprint because it's raining. Mm. We don't change the blueprint because the wind is blowing. Mm. We don't change the blueprint because there's a forest fire nearby. We, we may, no matter what's going on around us, what is on the blueprint needs to be followed in order for us to manifest what's on the blueprint. That's good. So God has given us a blueprint for victory. And he says, as long as we follow this blueprint for victory, we can be assured that victory will manifest in our lives. And so when he was talking to me about this and, and about what I'm trying not to say about 2023 yet, it was like, yo, God has literally laid out for us as a great architect the plans that we need to have in order to experience days of heaven on earth. I love this because you're using an architectural thing like a blueprint, right? Mm -hmm. But the foundation that doesn't fail is love. Is love. So that's that is why the Holy Spirit called an audible this mm -hmm. morning because every single thing in the kingdom must be built on love. Our faith only even works by love. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. That's and, good. and so he gave us these four things. I don't know what we'll get into in a day, but we'll share the four and then we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. But number one, the thing we must understand about God's blueprint is in that blueprint, he has a plan for our life. He has a plan for our lives. And we must understand that we are not living day to day whatever happens, happens, whatever will be, will be. God has a strategic plan for every single person on this broadcast. That's God good. has a strategic plan for every person who will watch this at a later time. God has a strategic plan for, for, for the ministry, Fellowship of Champions, and, a, and, and something specific for every partner in Fellowship of Champions. God has a plan for our life. The second thing is in that blueprint, we have to understand is that God expects us. God expects to see progress in our lives. That's good. But watch this. But he, he won't pressure it. it. He, he won't make you build the next wall if you don't want to build it. He won't make you add the roof if you don't want to add it. He won't make you, you. You may do all the roughing, but he won't make you finish the trimming of the building. If you don't, if you want to live in the building, 
and, and you don't want crown molding in your building. You don't want door. You don't want the trim on your doors. God won't force you, but He expects us to see progress, and we got a scripture that shows that He expects progress in our life. And then the third thing is this. And the third thing, God will allow you, and we must understand this in His blueprint. God will allow you to live at whatever level you choose to settle. If you, wherever you choose to sell, he will let you. Remember, he, he even told Abraham, he told Abraham, he said, listen, I'm, I'm going to show you a place to go. I don't need you to settle in the first comfortable place you get to. Don't, don't, because wherever you choose to settle, God will allow you to live there. But you living there is not necessarily God's best for you. And so God wants to literally take us from good to great. Amen. The fourth part of this in his blueprint for victory is that you will always walk, watch this, in the measure of what you prefer. You will, in this, you will always walk. God has a blueprint for you, right? But if you choose to use cheap material in the building of your house, then you will walk in what it's like to live in a house that's, cheap, that's made of cheap material. You can take two houses. God showed me this picture. You can take two houses. Both of them can be about 5,000 square feet. And depending on the material that you use, those houses will be valued differently and they will last differently. <laughs> Boy, get out of here. Even though they're the same square feet. Why? Because you will always walk in the measure of what you prefer. And so if you, only, if you don't prefer to go after God, like we talking about this morning, you can still get to heaven, but you won't walk in what it's like to live in power. You won't walk in what it's like to experience walking into a restaurant and the anointing of God follows you. And 15 of the servants who didn't know Christ begin to share that they want to know God because of your presence. You will walk in whatever measure you prefer. And so those are those Jesus. four blueprints that at some point we're going to get to. We're going to get to them. It's, it's 1030. It's 1030. So we've been here an hour and three. We've been here an hour and three minutes. And so maybe we pick this up, uh, you know, uh, not next week. Nick, we can't do it. We ain't going to do no short. No, okay. So we totally off script, off script, but not off the Holy Ghost. Not off the Holy Ghost. What do y'all think is you hear that? I want you to go through those four again and listen. Because these people usually hang out 90 minutes they anyway. Do. They I do. want you to go to point two because point two, when you was reading that scripture right there, when, the, the, I, when yeah. I was reading the notes yeah. last night, yeah. I want you to say them again. But go to number one. What's number one? Number one is God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. What are you? What are <laughs> you? It's 30. <laughs> I need a sandwich. <laughs> God has a plan for your life. Amen. God has a plan for your and life. And I want you to say here it is. If you've been existing and just because you breathing don't mean you live in the plan God has for you. The Nitra Bible, she got saved again. The, Come on, the, Nitra. The Bible is so chock full of this idea that God has a plan for our life that literally when you start to say God has a plan for my life, it's like scriptures just start jumping off the pages because he talks about it so much. He wanted us to know that he not only has a plan, it ain't no general plan. He has a great plan for our life. Listen, I think this is so important. 
And I think we saw this last weekend. When God first called us into ministry, and he used to talk to us about international ministry, the only thing we knew about international ministry was being on TV. Yep. That was the only that blueprint. Was it. That was the only blueprint we had. We are now in the pand post-pandemic, right? Having walked out what God was saying us to then that we didn't have capacity to understand because we only could see in the limited way that we yep. could see. Yeah. This is where I think we had no struggle. God. We had no idea God was going to even create Facebook Live. He was going to create Instagram. He was going to create StreamYard and he was going to create Reach. We had when he told us you are going to be an international ministry. All we knew was television. And all we knew is it was a million dollars a month to be on TV. That's all we knew. But God had already looked down through the annuals of time and he knew what was coming. And he was like, if you will just follow the blueprint, I'm going to get you to where I called you to be. And this is where I think people miss. And this is we, we've said this years ago. Um, we just said this the other day. I, honest to God, would move 20 years in my 20 times in my life. To get to what God said. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't care nothing about starting right, over. Right. I don't care nothing about redoing. And I don't I care learned, but, 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 but nobody think. I, I learned that from Dr. Fred Price. Yep. Because Dr. Fred Price talked about how he was in all of these denominations looking for something God was yep. showing him. And he went to all of these denominations until he ended up in the place that mm -hmm. he was in. And he said, this is the thing that God said. Mm -hmm. So I think that where people struggle is that you think that God is obligated to reveal it all to you today. But God reveals according to intimacy. Mm -hmm. He reveals according to intimacy. And so God, some of you are frustrated. And I want to see if this is really tracking with you. You're frustrated because God has shown you a big vision. Mm. And you're trying to get directly to the big vision. But God told you your next step was left, but you keep going right. Mm. And you're frustrated because you're like, God, why can I not get? And I say this all the time. God's favor and provision is where you should be, not where you are. God told me one time and I, I was I was frustrated about I, I'm being transparent. I was frustrated about where I felt like we were in ministry. Right. And God said to me, he said, so you can be patient and go to school for four years for a degree. But you mean to tell me you can't be patient and let me take you where I desire to take you? And I thought, you know, we can be so patient for everything else except for what God has called us to. And it really changed my life in, the ter in terms of, 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 of the idea of, wait a minute, I, I can be patient to see my kids graduate I can be patient to get promotions on my job. I can be patient to go to school and get a degree. I can be patient to reach my next uh, birthday milestone, whether that's 21 or 25 or 30 or 40 or 50, whatever. You can be patient for that, but I can't be patient for God. And I just had to repent and say, God, I repent for being impatient with you. You know what's best for me. If you've told me this is the plan and I know I'm following it, I'm going to just enjoy the moment right now. And I had to learn to enjoy the moments. And, and, and as I began to enjoy the moments, I got less stressed 
about where I saw God trying to take us. And then I looked up one day and just boom, there we are. And there we are. And this is there we are. Just as the pandemic started. Yeah. Just as the pandemic started. And y'all have heard me tell this story before. I had come from preaching. Somebody had reached out to me and they said to me, listen, you need to get out of Arkansas. And I said, I will stay in Arkansas until the Lord releases me. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the words the Lord had given me is that I would have events and people would come from all over the world to Arkansas, mm -hmm. right? And I would be like, well, we could just go somewhere else. He was like, no, I'm doing something. People are going to come from all over the world to Arkansas, mm -hmm. right? And I remember that that was the day where I felt like I really grew up because let me, and, and I want to speak to the person out here. You're doing what God has told you to do, but you're not all in. You're doing it, hoping he will hurry up and let you get to the next. Mm. So you're, you're and, 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 and I, let, let's elevate a little bit here. You're obedient, but you're not submissive. Mm. Because you can obey without your heart being involved. Mm -hmm. But you can't submit without bringing your heart into it. So what happens for us many times is, yes, you are obedient but you are not submissive. God, I'm going to stay here because you told me to, but I'm not going to take no joy out of mm, it. Your heart's not in it. Your heart's not in it. Mm. God, the first entry step is obedient, but God is looking for kids that will become submissive. Amen. That, he, that you will, that if God says to you, I have called you to this place, you love it because he loves it. Mm -hmm. You want it because he wants mm -hmm. it. And so as we stood in both the fire experience and the huddle, the Lord said to me, you may forget, but I don't forget. Yeah. I told you I would bring people from all over. Mm -hmm. And then he told me, this is what he said to me. Here is how you know you aren't done with these events in Arkansas. The world hasn't come yet. Mm -hmm. The world is going to come. And so do you see this, guys, that many times you're compliant but you're not submissive. Right. You're compliant, but there is another level of blessing for the person that is submissive, mm -hmm. right? So God has a plan for me. I don't know what that plan is. What I do know is provision is every place I should be. Amen. What I also know as a parent is this right here. When your kids, you appreciate kids who clean the, ki the kitchen with obedience. Mm -hmm. But you respond to kids who clean with submission differently. Yep. And we got one kid in particular who purposed in his heart that he would learn to clean the kitchen the way that you did. Mm -hmm. And when that boy cleaned the kitchen, he is cleaning the kitchen to please you. Yep. He's not cleaning the kitchen to get done. He is literally thinking through every area of that kitchen as though Edwin Strickland would. He is loving on that kitchen the way. And that boy can get anything that he wants, yep. especially after he cleaned that kitchen. Yep. How many of you are missing things because you're compliant, but you're not submissive? Mm. You haven't submitted to the place that, that God has you on that job because he's training you. You haven't submitted to that city that you live in because God is training you. You haven't submitted to this call that he, you're doing it, but your heart isn't in it. Mm. And I feel like in 2020, what I really grew up in is that I said this right here. I will go and do and be whatever you say. Whatever you say. Because really, I just want to be with you. I love it. 
I just want to be with you. So if that's where you, if this is where you are, then this is where I am, mm -hmm. right? Now, the second thing was what? Well, the second one was the idea around that you got, God wants to see progress. He wants to see progress in your life, uh, but he won't pressure you into it, but he expects to see progress. And, and there's a scripture uh, that goes along with this, uh, and it's in Matthew That's chapter it, 25, baby. and Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Uh, and I'm actually going to read it uh, out of the uh, Passion Translation. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation because I want you to hear, because remember this idea that it is somehow um, ego-driven or it is um, uh, uh, us trying to uh, get something from God um, when, when we follow his blueprint, it is God's plan for us to progress. It is God's plan for us to increase. It's, it's, it's not something I'm doing because I'm, I'm trying to, to hustle God. Right. This is God's plan. This is God's plan. And we see this in Matthew 25, verse 14 through 30. He says this. It says, again, heaven's kingdom is like a wealthy man who went on a long journey and summoned all his trusted servants and assigned his financial management over to them. So, so this wealthy man is getting ready to go on this long journey. And what he's doing is he is literally assigning each of his trusted servants, right? So these aren't randoms. These are people who he has worked with before, people who should know the, 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 the wealthy man's heart. They're his financial advisors. Mm -hmm. It says, and he assigned his financial management over to them. It says, before he left on his journey, he entrusted, that means he gave something of value mm. to each of them. He says he gave a bag of 5,000 gold coins to one of his servants. To another, he gave a bag of 2,000 gold coins. And to the third, he gave a bag of 1,000 gold coins. Each according, now watch this, to, to his, his ability, ability to, to manage. manage. Now, how did he know his ability to manage? He had been observing them. He had been observing. Some of the, some of the reasons we ask God, well, God, why don't you trust me with more? He's been observing you. He, he, he didn't give you the 5,000 coins because he's been observing you. God, God I need, don't like that, but that's why. God, God, I need you to give me more. I want to, I, I, God, give me more. But you ain't managed what he gave you. You ain't tied off the $40,000 job. Why are you asking for the $100,000 job? You ain't gave offering uh, off the last $500 you got. Why are you asking God to give you an extra thousand? He gave them according so to his ability, ability to, to manage. manage. And then the next one says, it says, the one entrusted with 5,000 gold coins immediately went out and traded with the money. And he doubled the investment, investment went from 5,000 to 10,000 coins. In the same way, the one who entrusted, who was entrusted with 2,000 gold coins, traded with the sum and likewise doubled his investment. So he went from 2,000 to 4,000. Mm -hmm. In both cases, both men doubled the investment. Mm -hmm. They made progress with what God had given them. Come on. Glory to God. It says, but the one who had entrusted with 1,000 gold coins, he dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. In other <laughs> words, he took what was valuable to the master mm. and he sat on it. 
God called you to be an evangelist, but you don't evangelize. Mm. God called you to be a person who intercedes in prayer, but you too tired, so you stay in the bed and get hey. afraid. <laughs> We watched the Nigerian movie yesterday, and that's what they kept doing in the movie. Anytime somebody did something, they weren't supposed to. (laughs) So she's making that sound. But that's exactly what you did or didn't do. And it says he dug a hole in the ground, and he buried his master's money. It says, after much time had passed, the master returned to settle accounts with his servants. The one who entrusted with 5,000 gold coins came and brought 10,000, saying, see, I have doubled your money. Commending his servant, the master replied, you have done well in proving yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant because you have been faithful and a faithful steward to manage a small sum. Now I will put you in charge of much, much more. You will experience, watch this, the delight of your master who will say to you, enter Enter into the the joy joy of the the Lord. Lord. He then says the exact same thing uh, to the to the person who who took the two thousand and doubled them into four, and then it gets to the person who had the thousand coins. It says then the one who had been entrusted with one thousand gold coins he came to his master and he said, "Look, sir, I know that you are a hard man to please, and you are a shrewd." and ruthless businessman who grows rich on the backs of others. Look at his perception. Look at his his perception of the master. Yes. The other two didn't see the master as a hard man to please. They didn't see him as shrewd. They didn't see him as ruthless. They didn't see him as getting rich off the backs of others. So translation, you see obedience is hard. Mm. You see obeying God as a hard thing. You see you God see telling God you to leave that person alone as, as being taker. shrewd and uh-huh. ruthless to you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Come on. And then because you see him that way, you don't progress in the things of God. You bury what you do is you bury it, trying not to make a mistake. Watch what he says. Just keep watching this. It says, he says, I was what? Afraid, afraid of you. I was afraid of you. So I went and hid your money and I buried it in the ground. But here it is. Take it. It's It's yours. yours. (laughs) He says, but his master said to him, you, sir, are an untrustworthy and lazy servant. If, 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 if you knew what you thought you knew about me, <laughs> if you if I was what you say, if I, I am. was everything you just called me, if you knew I was a shrewd and ruthless businessman who always makes a profit, then why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? Then you would have at least received it all back with some interest when I returned. He said, but because you were unfaithful. I will take the 1,000 gold coins and I will give them to the one who has 10,000. For the one who ha- for the for the one who has will be given more until he overflows with abundance. And the one with hardly anything, even what little bit he has will be taken from him. It says then the master said to the other servants, "Now now, now that, now that I've watched your abilities, now that I've given you an opportunity to do the things that I said, now 2023 is here. 
See, I'm trying to hold myself. He said, then said master to his other servants, now throw that good for nothing servant far away from me into outer darkness where there will be great misery and anguish. He says, take him and throw him away from me. Why? Because number one, he doesn't know who I am. Number two, even if he thought he knew what, who I was, he should have behaved differently. He says, take him and take what he has and don't give it to the person, even the one who doubled the tooth out. Give it to the one that doubled with the most. Why? Because he understands, I expect you to see progress. Now, this is what's so interesting because <laughs> some of you immediately went to hell. Mm. You made this about hell. There is anguish. There's anguish. To seeing God called you something that you don't get to live yes. out. He says, if you don't perceive me properly, there's going to be a separation. And the anguish you're going to have is knowing that you should be living and doing in a place that you aren't. Mm -hmm. You're going to be separated. But in the message translation, Come what on. I love verse in, verse, uh -uh, in oh. verse 22 and 23, he says to the this, he said this to both of the servants. He says the servant with the 2000 showed him how he has doubled his investment and his master commended him and said, good work. You did your mm -hmm. job well. Uh huh. From now, From now on, on be, be my, my partner. partner. You're no longer a servant. Be my partner. Be my partner. God yes. is looking yes. for believers he can elevate into partnership. Oh, glory to God. How does he do glory that? Glory to God. And this is why it be tripping me out when people be trying to use that one scripture to say, God say don't judge. No, God judges work. Yes. He's judging what I do with little. Yes. He is judging. I, I say this to people all the Whether time. Whether I even qualify to be a partner with him. And partnership goes from, and many of you want to be partners when you haven't passed the servant test. Mm. So you want to tell God your opinion when you haven't demonstrated that you can do things his way. And Abraham is an example of somebody who was a partner with mm -hmm. God because he could talk to God about different mm -hmm. things, right? Now, but I want to do want to read in verse 26 oh, to you, this servant. You, you've got to read the message translation of this. In verse 26 through 27, and even 28 through 30, because you need to see the language that he uses when he talks to this servant who didn't really know who the master was. Verse 24, it says, the servant given 1,000 said, master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways, that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you, so I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. Pause. I want to translate. Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways, and you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid that I might disappoint you. That's why I won't use my gifts. Mm. That's why I won't use my talents. Mm -hmm. That's why I won't try to get mm -hmm. another job. That's why I won't move mm -hmm. to another city. Mm -hmm. So instead, I take what you gave me and I hid it, but I want to give it back to you with no increase. Mm -hmm. No increase. And the master was furious. Because he expected increase off of whatever talents and abilities he's given us. The master was furious. He said, that That's a terrible, terrible way, way to, to live. live. It's, it's criminal, criminal 
to live <laughs> cautiously like that. Oh my God. If you knew I was after the best, why? why did you do less than the least? He said, if you knew I was after the best, you this is what you said about me. But yet you did the you did less than the least. He said, the least you could have done would have been to invest it. The least you could have done would have been to invest it. The least you could have done would have been to invest in. And I read this to say, if you're not going to tithe and live according to God's system, at least be smart enough to use the world system. But we got believers out there who won't use the world system, won't use God's system, and don't understand why they're not prospering in either one of those. Then verse 28, he says, take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most and get, get the, rid of this play it safe who won't go out on a limb, throw him out into utter darkness. Mm -hmm. God so, expects progress. God expects progress. <laughs> but, he won't, but he won't force it on you. But he won't force it on you. But it doesn't mean you get to keep what you've been given. Doesn't mean you get to keep what you've been given. And that's why it's so dangerous to create a God in your image. Because you create a God in your image and you say, God loves me no matter what. And he does. He does. He does. But God doesn't partner with everybody. Come on. And God doesn't promote Come everybody. On. Come on. God does. God loves everybody. Put that in the comments. God loves everybody. Mm -hmm. But God doesn't partner with everybody. He does not. And God doesn't promote everybody. Mm. I love it. Tierra said, don't play it safe in 2023. We're going to talk about that. You got to step out. You got to obey yep. God. Yep. And the way to anchor yourself, mm -hmm. we're getting ready to go, is your mm -hmm. opportunity to mm -hmm. give. I know you want to sow into mm -hmm. this word today. Mm -hmm. I know you want to sow into this word that, that today, because let me tell you something. God loves everybody, but God does not partner with everybody, and God does not promote everybody. Mm -hmm. Earlier when you were talking, it made me think of this illustration right here. One time we took our kids to Vegas and we had, I had all these plans. I wanted to show our kids all of these things, mm -hmm. right? And all they wanted to do was walk on the strip. That's all they wanted to do. All they wanted to do was walk on the strip. And I was so disappointed because I had so much more I wanted to show them. But all they wanted yeah. to do was walk on the strip. How many of you are stuck because you won't surrender to God mm -hmm. and do it his way. And so all you're getting to do is walk on a strip of life. Mm -hmm. When they're buildings, God wants to take you in and show you. He wants to show you how to do these things. Mm -hmm. He wants to show you his heart in this way. But all you want to do is stay outside, walking on the strip, looking at the big lights. Mm -hmm. Man, I am telling you, this is your opportunity to say, I'm all in. Mm -hmm. How do I get all in? Faith works by love. Mm -hmm. I've got to solidify my love relationship with God. Mm -hmm. That he loves me and I love him in response. My God today. He loves me and I love him in response. The more I understand his love, the more I'm willing to take a risk. Mm -hmm. Because what seems like a risk really isn't. Mm -hmm. What seems like a risk really isn't. So, guys, tell us what your takeaway is as we get ready to do. Listen, it's your opportunity to give. That is the give and teach. Amen. What are you doing with what God is giving you? We're not just talking about your money. We're talking about your talents. We're talking about your abilities. Everything God's giving everything you everything God, God, is God giving wants you. to use in you, through you, and for you. He is everything. expecting multiplication, and Amen. we owe him that. Amen. And he modeled it for us in Jesus because he gave one he son did. to get many.
So what do y'all get from this as we give today? How do you get I today? I love him the most. I love him the most. I'm all in. I'm Wherever sold out go, for Jesus. That's where I'll be. Amen. Giveify, push pay, tithely, text to give. PayPal for our international partners. I love what you, I want to see your comments as we get ready to go. Man, we appreciate. What are your takeaways from today's message? How are you going to apply this to your life? I'm telling you, you want to get here on January you 1st. You really do. It's going to be crazy. You really do. And it's going to be your birthday. Yeah, yeah it's going to be my birthday, birthday. But I just, the Lord's got something for us. I love what Erica says. She said, I'm, move, I'm moving from obedience to submission. I'm going to bring my heart yeah. into what God No more saying. just complying. No more just complying. Mm -hmm. what, who got next? What else you got? I love him the most and I'm all in. Mm -hmm. And I want to say this. I was praying for our partners the other day. I was praying for the entire world because you know that's how I pray. And some of you need to understand that in this next season, God is moving people from some cities that you're comfortable in. Mm -hmm. You need to really hear what I'm saying. Some of you are in cities and that city may have been a part of your journey, but it's not your final destination. Mm. And you need to open yourself up mm. to where, because some of you, I, I, the Lord said this to me when I was, when we were riding to Tulsa the other day, some of my children are struggling because they are stuck in a city that I'm no longer in with them. Mm. I'm no longer in with them. Because we say all the time, you need to hear what God said but you also need to hear what God is saying. Because God can, God, God said to Abram, take your son up on the mountain and sacrifice him. But when he got there, he told him, stay your hand. I have a ram in the bush for you. If he would have been like, nope, you told me at the bottom of the mountain, I'm supposed to kill this son of mine. I'm about to sacrifice him. So you got to hear what God said and you need to be doing what God said, but you'll need to always be open to hear what God is saying. Mm -hmm. So that when he tells you to do the next thing, you're ready to move. I love it. People are saying, um, oh, we missed them because other people came in. You can so scroll down on your thing. I'd be scared. I'm going to push the button. Kimberly Dennis says, I'm all in and my obedience will be proof. I love what she said. I'm going to measure my all in because my obedience is going to be proof. Yeah. Right? There are some things I may not understand, but I'm going to stick with God. Mm. I'm going to stick with God. Now, I love what Nietzsche said. You got to be willing to pivot. You have to be yeah. willing to pivot. Yeah. And really, some of you, you are struggling in places because you. Because God called you to a job 10 years ago and you ain't left that job yet. And you still on that same job, making that same salary. And it's not and it's not that you don't do a good job, but you, they literally are not there. I talked to a couple people this week. And I had a very candid conversation with them. And I simply said to them, listen, you don't make enough money for what your bills are. That's not a budgeting issue. That's not a budgeting issue. That's not a wastefulness issue. If you don't, don't make, make enough, but if you make a thousand dollars a month and your bills are 1200, you're 200 short every, every month. month. So the only, and, 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 and I'm not one of those people who tell you, well, you just need to give more. No, what you need to do is find out a way to make more money. You know, because somebody was talking with me now and then we were talking about, well, can I reduce my expenses? Well, it depends. You know, we're not a naturally go-to uh, reducing expensive kind of people, right? But I will say, if you're spending $70 a month on streaming services, 
maybe you ought to stream less and read your Bible more and save 70 bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I mean, yes, there are some ways you can reduce, but for, but you can't reduce your car note. You can't reduce your insurance. You can't reduce your rent. You can't reduce your cell phone bill. I mean, those are basic necessities in 2022 that people need. So then you need to make more money. Stop being afraid to go after more. God expects progress. God expects progress. <laughs> go after more. And if you're in a city, and I, you know, I don't know why people stay so tied to cities. If you're in a city and nothing's breaking open for you there, look at other cities. Why would you stay in a place where you got to struggle every day. Because be clear, God called us to Arkansas for this, this, this season that we were in these last whatever years it's been. And while we've had some struggles, we've never had a seasonal struggle that, that caused us to have to lose a car, lose a house, couldn't pay. We, we, we've all had struggles, but, but, but be clear, when I needed to make more money, I got on the plane and went where the money was. Because I know that at some point, if you've got X dollar in bills and you can't pay that, you got to make more money. You got to make more money and you got skills and talents, but maybe those skills and talents aren't yielding what you need in the place where you are, but there is a place that will yield it. And so, you know, I've had those conversations a couple of times this week. I don't even know how we got into this, but well, because the Lord was saying that there are people who need to be willing oh, to move. Oh, okay. and, and, and here's the thing, everybody who is need to be willing to move, you're not struggling. Some of you are just comfortable and you're capped. Mm. You're, you're, you're not struggling, but you're comfortable and you're capped. But you're not progressing. But you're not progressing. And God, and, and listen, some of you get so tied to the people where you are, you act like it ain't it ain't 7.9 billion people in the world. Eight billion it's, now. It's eight billion. Yeah, okay, it's, it's eight billion. Eight billion. You, 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 you have to be willing to go with God. That's what Moses was good at, baby. When the cloud settled, they stopped. When the cloud moved, <laughs> they moved. They moved. Move, you got to learn how to move. When you move, I move. <laughs> just like just that. Like that. <laughs> right. Some of you are trying to build dream houses in places that ain't your dream city. Mm, don't, be, don't, don't build a dream house in a nightmare city. Well, let's go. Let's go ahead and go. We're going to go. Glory to God. Because, you know, we always try to give you something practical. Just, I mean, it's just, you just, you, guys, we will flourish. We are going to flourish. We are going to flourish. Just like this year. We are like, actually already flourishing. We are flourishing. God already knows what he's going to do. We are flourishing. We are flourishing. But you got to do it his way. Amen. All right. We love you guys. We will see you all this week at every activity. We encourage you. We want to pray over your seed right now in Jesus' name. This is what we pray over your seed right now in Jesus' name. Babe, hold my hand. The same anointing. Same anointing. For increase. For increase. That is on the strict That is on the strict Is on you. It is on you. Now. Now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You are free. You are free. To make progress. To make progress. To flourish. To flourish. And to live in abundance. And to live in abundance. If you do. If you do. What we do. What we do. In bringing our tithes. In bringing our tithes. And sowing our seeds. sowing our seeds. It's yours. It is yours. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you. We love y'all. Have a good week. See y'all. See y'all on Christmas morning. We'll see y'all this week. See y'all Christmas morning too. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye.